Alternative Radio. Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and we are Stranger Than. Today we have some very calming and soothing stories for you. Not really. They're bloody and gory and fucked up. (laughs) Uh, Another one of our uh, murder most foul episodes. Yes. Yeah, just for your little ears. What do you got for us today, Joanna? Today I am going to talk about the unsolved, possibly ritualistic occult murder of one Charles Walton, who was 74 years old when he was killed on February 14th, 1945. Valentine's Day. Yeah. Bummer. Bummer. Before I get too far into it and be an asshole and forget, my sources for this are medium.com, bbc.co.uk, and historicmysteries.com. Well, Charles Walton, I don't know what you would call him exactly, a tenant farmer or a farm laborer is how it was described. He didn't have a farm himself, I guess. He he worked on other people's farms, but not really like a farm hand. Um, I think a tenant farmer is someone who farms for their rent or rents land and then farms on it. Yeah, I think maybe they rent land and they farm on it, but it's, uh, you know, like a landlord's land. But that wasn't the he he lived in a cottage, a very uh, English looking cottage that he shared with his niece Edie, and he had adopted her when she was three years old because his sister, her mother, was killed in a car accident or something like that. But yeah, he he shared this cottage. Uh, she was an adult at this point; she was thirty three years old, and they they shared a cottage. But he worked on other people's farms. And his boss, Alfred Potter, also, I don't know if, yeah, Potter, I don't know if he actually owned the land that he worked on, or he was like a fellow, I don't know how the farm system works in England. It's it's a complicated system. I don't, you know, I kind of live in the country, but I don't live in the English country, and I also don't farm. Yeah. I got some plants in the backyard, and I water them. And they're growing. Mm-hmm. And so and I have a hat. I have one plant that I successfully planted that has not died. Oh, I nice. have plants from the previous owners that have come back. And then I planted one other thing, which is, like, dead as fuck. Probably because I don't water enough. I don't. I need another hose to, like, stretch to the front yard. I don't have a spigot in the front yard. Oh, right. So... So the lilies are doing okay that were already there. The rose bushes on the side, they're they're a little bit dead, but um they bloom a, a lot earlier. Yeah, they're a little bit dead. They bloom a lot earlier here in Kansas. Like they're blooming in May. Like usually oh, in Washington, the roses aren't blooming until like June, but they started blooming like early May because it gets hot as fuck out here a lot earlier. Hey, well, it does here now too, so <laughs> But global warming is not real. It's a hoax. It is not a thing. You know, my mother is actually like, convinced of that. Well, your mother needs to remember 
the past to, when the weather was different. <laughs> I'm I'm sure I just have to. I, I've mentioned this before, but it's one of those things I just have to like not talk to her about. Yeah, I mean, I know I just get so irritated because it's it's scientists blowing it up so that they can make money selling books about it. Right. Well, I mean, because that makes also... more sense than like the oil companies who make like literally like billions and billions of dollars like trying to suppress it. Um. Yeah, like they, like for some reason, the, you know, those damn scientists are, are more in it for the money to sell you this idea than the billionaire oil companies, trillionaire oil companies. Um, yeah. Well, what's ridiculous to me is that <laughs> your mom has been on this planet for longer than we have. And I can remember when the weather patterns were different in my yes. lifespan. And so for someone else, I mean, in the same area for the same amount of time, basically to be like, nah, there's no different than it is from now than it used to be is just baffling because right. it's obviously different. We have never had this many days over 100 degrees in like the past like hundred years or some crazy mm-hmm. shit. And now we have had three consecutively. Wow. So, yeah. Not today, mm-hmm. fortunately, but so, you know, don't listen to the scientists. <laughs> That's fine. Listen to your own like self and like remember and don't be a dumb fuck. Oh, it's happening I tell you, before I tell you. our very eyes. It's just it's just funny because it's like you know what they're just trying to earn a living, but they're telling the truth. I, I I don't think that they have the huge financial stake here in in suppressing the truth or selling a lie. I think that would maybe maybe be the people making trillions of dollars off of oil that seems like they would have the more financial incentive to maybe bend the truth about it but there you go well there are also the scientists that are anti-climate change and they have hung their hat on i mean basically the same thing like they're writing books and all that shit about how it's not real or whatever they're also making money on it I mean, it really true. is all a money game however dumb and people are dumb because if you just use your stupid fucking eyes and look out your stupid fucking window and use your stupid fucking brain and remember like 20 years ago how it wasn't how it is now that's some pretty good evidence but what do i know (laughs) what do any of us know really i'm an uneducated pleb so (laughs) (laughs) as am i as am i hey you went to college uh i went to some college so you know more I guess, than me. Yeah, I guess that that counts for for something. And in a family of like you know bachelors and master's degrees, I am I am the one who never finished. But you know, I'm not a total waste of space because I did go to some. This is that's also right. a conversation I had with my mother, which was that's, kind of that's like lovely. That's, that's lovely. awesome, mom. Like, <laughs> thanks. thanks. Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you Go for acknowledging yourself. like my couple years of college and you know that I'm not a complete I'm not a complete waste of life. Not a complete waste. <laughs> I still did do some, so apparently that makes me a better person than if I had done none. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Well, back to uh the unfortunate Charles Walton and whatever his deal was, he, he worked on farms. He was doing it and he set off 
early that morning to start his farming duties of the day, which was uh, mostly in not in like the animal business, but mostly in like the uh, the like the landscaping and the trimming and the cutting of things. Right, right. Side of it. So one of the things he had was a pitchfork and another uh, tool that he had with him was I've read it being a billing hook or a trouncing hook. And uh, either way, it's some sort of like kind of hooked cutting instrument. He also had a walking stick because he was 74 and getting on in years and had a little arthritis, but still, you know, went out there and, and did his farm work every single day. Well, at some point, he met up uh, with the wrong person and whoever this person was killed the fuck out of him in a terrible, awful way. First things first, 6 p.m. rolls around and his niece, Edie, comes home and discovers that Charles has not gotten home yet, which is very unusual. He was a man of routine. He went out to work at the same time every day, came back every time, every time, same time every day, and just did not... There was no spontaneous, you know, did this after he was done working or whatever. Never going I mean, out to drinks, didn't have any nope, dates. He was nope, he work, didn't go home and do yep. drink tea or whatever the fuck. Exactly. She alerts a neighbor uh, asking if she's if he's seen Charles, and he says no. And they go out to look for where he was working last, and that's when his body is discovered. He had been beaten with his own walking stick. Out of all the things he had, they used the walking stick. They used the walking stick first, but they did use the other things, too. So first was the beating with his own walking stick, and then the billing hook was used to slash his throat. And I think that's like a big machete kind of thing. Yeah, and it was still embedded in his neck when they found his body. His pitchfork had been used to stab him in the abdomen and uh. then the face, and it went all the way through into the ground. So God. it was stabbed through his face, like pinning him into the ground. So they first stabbed him in the gut and then hit him in the face and left it there? And left it there, yes. There are a couple of different accounts. One that says a cross had been carved into his stomach, and then one that says, no, that was not part of the medical examiner's report. That was just a rumor, because there's rumors abound when it comes oh, to this Oh, I'm murder. sure. I'm sure. However, his shirt was unbuttoned, as well as his... But the buckle of his belt was found around his knees. His pants weren't all the way down, but they were unzipped. So they thought maybe he had been attacked while he was relieving himself. But it would be odd to just unbutton your shirt completely when you do that, rather than just unzip your pants. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't unbutton my shirt in order to pee yeah i mean maybe if he had suspenders on he'd have to unbutton his shirt if he was like gonna take a dump 
you know, ten. Why would you unbutton shirt. your shirt to take a tums? If you got suspenders on and the suspenders are under the shirt. Oh. You have to unbutton the shirt, take it oh. off, put the suspenders down, pull your pants down. Yeah, I didn't mention any suspenders. He had a belt, so why would you need suspenders if you have a belt? Some people wear both. That's true. But if I mean also the chances of anybody just like dropping their drawers to take a shit in the middle of like wherever is pretty it, yeah, I mean, that doesn't I mean, normally he was, happen. He to was take a leak, at sure. The, the foot of a of a mound, like a big hill. Yeah, I mean, to, to pee, sure. Yeah, But, I totally. mean, normally, if you're going to have to, like, drop a deuce someplace, you need more accoutrements, you know? It's not just a... And I don't feel like he would do that in broad daylight in, like, an open field. At his employer's place, just like... Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck it, when you gotta go, you gotta go. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that sounds... I would imagine that. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's weird. It is weird. It is weird because I mean, I can see where if the cross had been carved onto his chest, that's why. Yeah. It was his shirt was unbuttoned and opened up, so that they could do it. I don't know. Maybe they were. Or maybe he was just was it hot? So maybe he just unbuttoned his shirt because he was working and sweating. It could be. I mean, who knows? I mean, the kind of person that's going to, like, you know, beat a 74-year-old man with his own walking stick, uh, slash his throat with a big machete hook thing, and then stab him in the stomach with a pitchfork and through the face with a fucking pitchfork. Uh, You know, I mean, that's not a rational, nice person. No, no. So, I mean... Not so much. Really, not a whole... I'm probably... I mean, myself, I'm thinking it's not really worth trying to think of all the theories and probably the police didn't either as to like why this person who did these things also unbuttoned his shirt and his pants. Like, yeah. you know, it's just who knows what's going through the mind of someone like that. Yeah, no shit. And likely he didn't do it himself because as we just went over, you're not going to unbutton your shirt completely just to. Unless it's hot and you were unbutton your shirt and then you just had to take a leak and then you did and then you got attacked while you're peeing. Yeah, that's maybe. Because you wouldn't have your walking stick on you because you got your, your pain. Yeah. It's really unfortunate that his niece happened to be there when he was found since he was like yeah. her adopted father and everything. And what a horrific murder scene. Yeah. Plus the fact that, okay, so they summon the police and they get there and it took two police officers to pry the pitchfork out of the ground. That's the Jesus force that was Christ. used to shove it through his fucking face and pin him to the ground with the pitchfork. That's insane. Yes. The only thing other than the hideous murder was that his pocket watch was missing. The chain was found, but the actual watch was not attached to it. And it was a watch that probably in today's time would be worth about $50. So it wasn't as just a if watch. it's yeah. just a watch. It wasn't. Obviously they didn't think that robbery was the motive here. They couldn't think of a motive period because it didn't seem like the guy had an enemy in the world. People thought maybe the guy was a little weird and it's rumored that maybe some of the townsfolk felt that, he was into witchcraft because uh, birds would come and eat out of his hand all the time. He was I just guess. a fucking Disney princess. <laughs> and he also was able to calm uh, ferocious dogs. You know, he was like a dog whisperer. Apparently like he had been a horse trainer in his early years. 
Yeah, like Caesar, whatever, the, the yeah, dog yeah. whisperer. And same thing, he could have a little uh, handful of seed, and all the wild birds would just flock to him and eat out of his hands. He's just a fucking, he's a Disney princess is what he is, or was. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's okay if he's a Disney princess. That, that's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. He was a friendly person, but a creature of habit, not outgoing, didn't have a new, you know, ev- just about everybody in the village, but wasn't especially an outgoing person, didn't have a lot of visitors to the house. But again, nobody could really find any reason why somebody would want to kill him in such a horrible way. I know. I mean, like, why you, it would be really strange for them to think that it was something like robbery. Because who goes to a farm to rob the farm workers? Yeah. That just seems like, what do you think you're going to fucking get? (laughs) Yes. Especially just out in the English countryside. It's... Are you just riding your horse, beating up peasants? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. It was... uh, What year was this? This was 1945. Right, so, so this was not like 1345. No, it was not 1345. Okay, all right. It 1345? This seems a lot more plausible. Like, it oh was, yeah, just 1945, it was near uh, Stratford, like home of Shakespeare. Oh, right. Uh, the village was called Lower Quinton. The place where he was working and died was called Meon Hill. And that hill itself had uh century you know for centuries had lots of uh you know ghostly lore and legends surrounding it one eighth century legend says that the devil threw a large clod of earth to smother the newly built evesham abbey however the Bishop of Worcester saw the devil and with the power of prayer altered the devil's aim in this version, the clod fell short of its target and formed Meon Hill. Another ghostly legend was that a uh, that a, a Celtic king, the the hunting dogs of a Celtic king, haunted the hills, and that they were white with bright red ears. That sounds. That sounds. Very folklory. Yes, lots of folk, lots of lore and folkiness. Yes. The investigation was led by Scotland Yard's detective superintendent Robert Fabian. Fancy. Yeah, this guy was actually pretty famous. He had a, a television series called Fabian of the Yard made like in the 60s or something about oh, really? him in the 50s or 60s. Yeah. And I guess he would like make a little introduction at the beginning of each interesting case story and then he actually wrote um had this had this case was published. He he wrote for I believe um well, it's a book, but I feel like it's like a series book. The Anatomy of Crime. It was published in 1970. And I, huh. I feel like maybe there was like a, a series of The Anatomy of Crime. And so the, the case file for this particular was in one one of the ones published. I see. So it's sort of kind of like maybe sort of like a 
CSI type show or something like that. Except it was a book. A book, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the, and then the show. And then that... the show was like a CSI type show. In the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he he's pretty well known. Pretty well known guy. Great name, Robert Fabian. Also investigating the case was Detective Superintendent Alec Spooner and Detective Sergeant Albert Webb. Now, during the investigation, it's not, I couldn't find a clear account of where this book actually turned up. If it was one source said that it was in Charles Charles's belongings in his home, and then the others just say it just kind of magically turned up. They just ended up with this damn book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the book was titled Folklore, Old Customs and Superstitions in Shakespeare Land, and it was written by a J. Harvey Bloom in 1929. Now, the significance of the book is that I also got two different accounts here. One was that a passage was marked from the book that stated a person named Charles Walton had died in 1885, so 60 years prior. Another Charles Walton had died after seeing a ghost in the same area. That's weird. Yeah. Did the ghost beat the shit out of him with a cane and then stab him a whole bunch of times with some fucking farm implements? Uh, no. Okay. It did not. Now, another source says that the same part of the book was not that Charles Walton died, was but that the sister of Charles Walton died. The story goes that the young boy was walking along Meon Hill and for nine straight days saw a black dog. And on the ninth day he saw the black dog, it was accompanied by a headless woman. And after he saw the headless woman, his sister died. Either way, people started talking as if the Charles Walton from the book in 1885 was the same Charles Walton murdered 60 years later. He was 74 when he died, so it's not. It's probably coincidence, but I can see where people either yeah, thought, like, I mean, you know, he was, like, the boy who allegedly died, or he was the sister, or he was the brother of the, the girl who died, but he was one who saw, like, the evil headless woman out there on the hills. I mean, he would have had to have been 14 then. Yeah. So people were convinced that he was the same person as in this book. Also weird was there is another marked passage in the book describing the murder of a woman named Anne Tennant. Anne Tennant had been murdered in the nearby village of Longcampton and she was killed September 15th, 1875 and she was 80 years old. Some farmhands had killed her and well, I guess there was more than one person there, but the person who actually murdered her was one James Haywood. And he murdered her by stabbing her with a pitchfork in the legs and head. Interesting. In the book, it quotes 
A weak-minded young man killed a woman named Anne Turner, it says in the book, although there's other sources saying it's Anne Tennant, with a hay fork because he believed she had bewitched him. There's even a quote from James Haywood because apparently this was an actual crime that was committed and he was <laughs> found guilty of it and sent off to wherever. But it quotes James Haywood as saying, If you had known the number of people who lie in our churchyard who, if it had not been for witches, would have been alive now, you would be surprised. Her was a proper witch. Her was a proper witch. Yeah, you know, I can hear it. It's also thought that Anne Tennant was a distant relative of Charles Walton. Interesting. Yes. And tenant. Sounds like a tenant, like someone who's a renter. Right, I know. Okay. It's it's spelled the same way, too. Interesting. Another creepy thing. Inspector Fabian quickly discovered that in the old Julian calendar, February 14th actually fell on February 2nd, and local superstition claimed that that is an ideal day to perform a blood sacrifice. Ah. Mm-hmm. I would think that people wouldn't care so much about Christian calendars if they were in, like, you know, trying to do other religious things, like the Julian Gregorian. That shit shouldn't really matter, I would expect, you know? They're just like, whatever. Well, unless there's a little spot on the Julian calendar that says Blood Sacrifice Day. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Like, oh, we'll take this. Works for me. The Romans are going to give us this? We'll fucking take it. (laughs) Despite interviewing hundreds of people and taking thousands of statements, nothing ever came of the murder. They never had any solid leads or suspects. The person that they maybe liked the most for it would have been Alfred Potter, dude's boss. Yeah. And the only reason for that was when they were going over his his alibi for the day was a little sus. He said he was with uh, a heifer with a cow, taking care oh. of a cow that day while uh char- during the time that Charles was being murdered. They couldn't find the cow to... But it was found out that the cow had drowned the day before Charles's murder. But then he kind of went back and was like, well, I was taking care of getting it, you know, removed from the land. So it was just a little iffy. Things they made couldn't in... ask the cow because the cow was dead. Right, exactly. Dead cows tell no tales. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's n- true. Words have never been spoken. And in looking over his books, it seemed like maybe he was fudging things a little bit and not fully paying Charles for all the work that he was doing. He wasn't reimbursing him correctly and was kind of pocketing the difference for himself. Because why wouldn't you? There's also the issue that when Charles's wife had died several years before, she'd left about a a sum of about $12,000. That's in, like, today money. Yeah. And he only had, like, a couple dollars to his name when he died. But that doesn't really surprise me. I mean, everyone's like, oh, well, where's this 12 grand, you know? 
it's like, dude, do you know how like easily, to, how quickly you can spend that money? Like, not really doing anything, not living right. like a king. Like, <laughs> just sitting around and drinking and whatever. Yeah, just fuck. a little bit at a time. Yeah. It's it's amazing how just little things on the daily really add up. So I things don't like find no it. no eating and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God. Such a hassle. Uh-huh. It really is. It's very expensive to expensive, live. It's an expensive habit living. Yeah. So I don't feel like it's like a really huge deal that that $12,000 wasn't just like sitting there in his bank account or whatever. Just like shining. Uh-huh. It seems pretty obvious that you could spend that money easily over several years. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I don't so I don't think the idea was that Potter had stolen it somehow. And it mostly the only thing they could prove was that maybe Potter was, yeah, he wasn't reimbursing him as much as he should have been and was, you know, doing a little, doing a little embezzling of... Just a little, just a little. Yeah. However, the police just didn't seem he was, there wasn't any bad blood between them from what they could find. There was no physical evidence and there was no witnesses. And so they just also didn't feel like he was capable of such a vicious act yeah to quote robert fabian there's no real evidence to connect him with the murder itself and no reasonable motive can be found for his committing it and a story they just that this was like maybe the one guy but really they had nothing on him once they looked into it they're like there's there's fucking nothing we're just yeah there's there's just nothing there's nothing Detective Superintendent Spooner was the one who really had trouble letting go of the whole thing. He was just determined to to solve this crime and would come to the village year after year, uh, hoping to, like, you know, catch the killer by surprise and spook something out. But it just never happened. Even after he retired... He would still show up in the village hoping to to catch the murderer somehow. He would be he would walk the hillside where his body was found and just combing around trying to find some piece of evidence that hadn't been found previously. The only piece of evidence that did come up was in 1960 when some outhouses were being demolished, the watch was found. The missing watch was found in one of these outhouses. That's just like where in the outhouse? I don't know where in the outhouse it was found. But the weird thing about the watch was that inside there was a piece of colored glass, which allegedly was witch glass. It was used to just absorb or deflect evil thoughts. Which that anyway, glass. Ha- yeah, which glass. So I'm not... No, this happened... No, tell me again when this happened. Okay, the murder happened in 1945. The pocket watch was found in 1960. And they're still talking about how it's fucking witch glass and how there's like... Like, what the... Well, it's it's a village steeped in lore and tradition, okay? I, I guess. Don't know what I else mean, to, I guess. To tell you. Even Fabian himself had a... I mean, aside from 
from what I can see from quotes from his uh, anatomy of crime thing that he wrote, uh, he was pretty convinced that there was a uh, like ritualistic occult ties to it, like a hundred percent. He himself had a weird experience before he left Lower Quinton for good. He went to the site of the he went to Meon Hill, the site of the murder, one last time. Again, probably seeing like like Detective Superintendent Spooner just wanted to go and see if anything he could find anything on this one last visit, anything that had been overlooked. Huh. And when he was walking the crime scene in the hills, he saw a black dog. And shortly after that, a young boy came along and he asked the boy, was that your dog? Are you looking for your dog? Thinking that the, the young boy had maybe lost his dog and had run off and this kid was coming after it. And as soon as he said, you know, it was a black hound dog to the boy, the boy turned around and ran in the opposite direction of where he came from. He just like, went running. Fuck. Later that day, a dog that looked, a, a black dog was found hanging from its neck from a tree that was near the murder scene. All right. Similar looking dog. Yeah. I don't know if Fabian saw it was like, yeah, that kind of looks like the dog or if he, you know, heard about it, the description and was like, yeah, that sounds like the dog that I saw. But he for sure saw the dog and the boy who was terrified and ran in the opposite way. Yeah. And then later that day, I don't know if Fabian had seen it for himself, but yeah, there was a similar looking dog found hanging by its neck from a tree not too far away. Well, isn't that a strange coincidence? It is. It's <laughs> creepy, to say the least. Yeah, no shit. Who the fuck's hanging dogs? And I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. Other than the watch found in 1960, though, no developments on the case. Um, Nothing. Wow. Poor DSI Spooner never never got the case solved, despite years of of trying. Right, right. And... Um... Obviously, due to the whole weirdness of the murder, there's been tons of people that have come to Lower Quinton trying to find out more, and the residents are super tight-lipped about it. Obviously, they know oh, everything yeah, about sure. what happened, but they don't want to talk about witchcraft. They don't want to talk about what happened. Nobody I wants to... I wonder if that's because they're all a bunch of fucking witches in a giant coven. Right? Are they just or all in on it? if or... they're like, I am sick of you stupid hippies coming here talking <laughs> right. your fucking hippie bullshit. Well, if anyone does have an opinion or a theory on what happened, they are not sharing it with those who come there seeking answers, that is for sure. Yeah, not overly surprising. Locals of places, unless it's a big thing like Roswell, don't normally like people harassing them about their shit. They just want right. to live in their fucking town. And well, Braswell, there's all sorts of opportunity for income generated off the interest. You can, you know, yes. sell little, like, alien spacecraft dolls and stuff. You know, I mean, you can make t-shirts. I mean, it's it's kind of in poor taste to make murder t-shirts. I guess that's probably true. Like, hey, here's a picture of the victim or whatever. Yeah, it's screen printed onto a t-shirt. you can... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's also that's, that's uh, you true. know here's a replica of the pitchfork. 
<laughs> yeah. I don't I don't see that as as being no, yeah, that's, I would say that's in there. poor taste. It is in poor it's taste. In poor taste. Certainly. Apparently there is no longer even a headstone to mark the grave in the cemetery there, Charles Walton's grave in the cemetery, because it was destroyed by a family member who was tired of the media coming every year on the anniversary of his death. Like, hey, what do you think about this? Like, yeah, and then stop. coming and taking pictures and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah so now that. there's just like this, this like rock with just his, like CHW initialed on the rock in the cemetery. And that's the only thing that marks his grave. There's no like official headstone anymore. Weird. Yeah, it's definitely a weird one. I have no fucking clue. Yeah, it sounds, I mean, it's probably just, who knows? Who fucking mm-hmm. knows? It's just a random killing. Who knows? Could be. I mean, DSI Spooner was convinced the reason he came kept going back to the village and and, you know, going back to the scene of the crime was he was convinced it was a local person who had done it. Yeah. But... As to why and why that way, nobody ever knew. I mean, there's other ways to kill somebody than to be that... Animalistic? Yes. And at this point, really, it's more than likely that the person who is responsible is dead. Right. I mean, 1945 1945 was some time ago. Quite a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think there may only be a couple surviving veterans from World War II alive. I know. Like, not, not very many. No, it's it's crazy to think that there a lot of them are not here with us anymore. Yeah, and from after the war, from just like old age and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, whenever the people. Well, go yeah, away. it's just that um, you know, when it, because it's kind of like a our generation thing. Like when we were young, there was lots of World War II veterans. Oh yeah, definitely around. And now yeah. we've gotten old enough to the point where now there's not so many. And the Vietnam vets are starting to get uh, pretty. Uh, yeah, they're now too. like the World War Two age, like when we were like kids. Like yeah, now it's yeah. yeah now now they're all at that age. So something yep, else. Don't think it'll ever be solved, but it is definitely that's a weird one. Yeah, that is definitely a weird one. Uh, well, the one I have is one of those fucked up stories that you wish that since it happened, it happened so long ago time ago that it was a less enlightened time you know quote unquote enlightened time and unfortunately this is not one of those stories this this happened oh. in 2001 oh that is pretty recent yeah yeah on september 21st of that year a torso of a little boy was found in the river thames the torso was found right near the iconic tower bridge this is the bridge that crosses the Thames that you see in all the pictures of London. It's got the two giant towers on either side. And it's like a suspension bridge or something. It's a London it's, bridge. Is that is that is it the London Bridge? I think Cause so. Because it, it was called the Tower Bridge. That's like its actual name. Yeah, I don't and know. Right I feel near, like it maybe, or maybe it's a newer one or something. I don't know. I I feel like that's the one that they usually refer to in the nursery rhyme. London Bridge is falling down. But. Maybe it's right near the Globe Theater. Right, like right in central London. So mm-hmm. it's probably like colloquially known as the London Bridge or something. Maybe, I don't know. But I believe that it's actually called Tower Bridge. And there are two towers, one at the beginning and one at the end. Mm-hmm. The torso was that of an African child and was clothed only in orange shorts that they ended up only being sold at a store called Woolworths in Germany and Austria. 
these orange shorts were the only reason that the body was even noticed by the poor random person that spotted the corpse and called it into police. So who knows? I don't know who exactly called it. They didn't really say that, but just some rando walking down the street like, what's that orange thing? Holy shit, that's a fucking body. Yeah, well, I mean, orange is a very noticeable color. That's why it, the hunters wear it. And, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it stands out. That's why out. construction dudes wear it. Mm-hmm. The body was taken to the morgue or whatever, wherever they do the autopsies in London, and a post-mortem was done. It was found the boy was drugged with Calabar bean. According to WebMD, Calabar, Calabar bean is poisonous as fuck and is traditionally used in Africa to test if a person is a witch or if a person is possessed. If you eat the bean and live, you're innocent. Apparently, if you just swallow the bean whole and don't chew it up, you don't really release as many chemicals so quickly or something, and so you have a better chance of survival. However, it's still not a position you want to be in. I love how all the tests to find out if you're a witch usually involve death either way whether you, whether or not you are in fact a witch if they find out if you're innocent you die because you weren't able to Magically. survive the test yeah mm-hmm. but then if you survive the test you're a witch and they fucking kill you so, yeah so yeah, either I mean, way like, you're dead like it's basically you know, same you're with damned like if the, you do damned if you don't same with like the whole you know tying him to the chair and throwing him in the river like yeah no if you drown all, you're a witch all that stuff like oh yeah well that sucks yeah, the ducking chair or whatever they used to yeah. call that. No, if you drown, you're not a witch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. if you drown, you're not a witch. But if you manage Sucks. to not drown, then you're a witch and you need to be burned. So yeah. there's that. Not, Even if I was a witch, great. I'd probably opt to just drown. Probably. I'd swim yeah. away. Yeah. Why let them, like Yeah. They don't know how to swim. It was the Middle Ages. Right, because nobody bathed. No, it was dangerous. That's mm-hmm. how only witches bathe. <laughs> The bean has some chemical that affects the signals between the muscle and the nerves, so it paralyzes the person, but it doesn't, like, they're still conscious. They can't move. I don't know if they can feel or not, but they're, they're conscious. Wow. It's like a date rape drug of sorts. Although I oh. guess that's when you can move, but you're not conscious. So never mind. Nothing like a date rape, date rape drug. Nevertheless, not something you want to be on the eating end of. It's just so weird. That's like straight out of Breaking Bad or something, like the poison bean. Oh, that thing. was uh, yeah, that was ricin. ricin. Yeah, but that was the only time I've ever heard of a poison coming from a bee. Yeah, calabar, bean. I guess, is a thing that's uh, it's it's in Africa. They just it doesn't grow around here, and we don't have to deal with calabar bean. Hmm. Well, now the more you know. Exactly. After being drugged, his throat was cut, and the blood was drained for his body. It's almost guaranteed that he was conscious to have his throat cut. Just paralyzed? Just paralyzed. Couldn't move, couldn't scream, only bleed. Then, with the precision of a surgeon or a butcher, the head and both arms were removed, as well as the legs. After some time, forensics came up with his likely point of origin, which was, which was believed to be West Africa. Uh, they figured it out by analyzing radioactive isotopes found in the remains. And so not only did it say West Africa generally, but it pinpointed it to him being from Nigeria 
in the vicinity of Benin City, which is in southwestern Nigeria, which is also the birthplace of voodoo. Interesting. That is some CSI shit right there. I know. They also, they, the, the way they figured out about the bean is they found some plant matter in his intestines because he, I mean, he, that was part of the torso. The intestines were still inside of him. And they found bits of bean as well as other plant matter that they couldn't figure out what it was. And so that's how they figured out that whole deal. The London Metro Police started calling this boy Adam because he was, they didn't, they didn't have a name. They didn't know who he was. They just barely figured out where the fuck he came from. They believe that Adam was trafficked from Nigeria to the UK specifically to kill him in ritual sacrifice. Evidence points to this being done not to appease some god, but to instead harvest certain body parts for supposed medicinal potions that are referred to as moody. Usually, moody is made from benign sources like plants and stuff, but sometimes those who are deep into it end up killing kids for body parts. Apparently, kids and albinos are the best. Well, I've heard about the albinos being killed, but that's... That's really fucked up. It's quite fucked up. And I know that the, the actual term moody is a, is a westernization of that word. I read a whole long etymology of it that seemed to be unnecessary. Uh, but it, they don't, it, it's said differently in West Africa than it is. Interesting. So did here. they think it was somebody from africa who had killed him because i mean i've only heard about the the stuff with the albinos that that happening like in africa where they think they're like witches or something and then they kill them because they think their body parts have magic properties but well they believe that all that this kid came from west africa from nigeria specifically yeah. and was trapped trafficked specifically for the purpose of this sacrifice and so i believe at this point they think that it was other nigerians involved but okay. they were in the uk it but they all were just happened to be yeah. in jolly old now, england Ugh. they ended up going to west africa in 2003 to try to learn a little bit more about these killings from people who deal with them all the fucking time the people in that area this really solidified the conclusion that adam had been a vic had been a victim of this i mean they went there and they learned all kinds of shit and they're like oh yeah no this is totally one of the moody killings Investigators were also told that the child being clothed in orange was significant. It likely meant that a family member was involved in the murder. Red is supposed to be the color of resurrection, and the shorts were probably meant as some sort of apology and a hope that the soul would rise again. It's orange, but, I mean, I guess that's close enough to red. The year before that, in 2002, investigators actually, because they, they were still, I mean, they didn't really find anything, they got Nelson Mandela who was not dead in 2002. To help boost the signal about the little boy, he broadcasted a, a thing about him, and it was translated into all African languages and played all over the continent. It was also translated into the dialect that's spoken in, the, in Nigeria. After that, the police went and they talked to schools, they talked to locals, they showed them pictures. They didn't, they didn't find shit. Uh, finally, in 2005, Adam was buried in an unmarked grave in Southwark Cemetery, which may have had a name change since then because I couldn't find that any place. But it is Southwark as a part of uh, Southwark's a part of London, 
and there's like three main cemeteries in that area. They're all kind of bunched together a little bit. So I would just imagine that he was buried in that area, and maybe they didn't want to tell you exactly which, what grave is his or something. I don't know. Maybe it gets too much attention from... Well, it was kind of... It, it was a... It was sort of a big deal, but it happened right after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't just a big deal here, but it was going on everywhere. So it kind of got lost in the news because it just wasn't as big news as, you know, Attack on America. Yeah. And then for some time, there was nothing. Until 2011. It's when a journalist from ITV tracked down a woman in Nigeria called Joyce O. She claimed that the boy being called Adam was in fact called Ikpon Mwasa and had lived with her while she was in Germany until she released him into the custody of a guy she called Bawa, who was taking him to London. She later, quote-unquote, came clean to the BBC, revealing the name of the boy as Patrick Urhaber and this Bawa character as Ingsley, as Kingsley Ojo or Oho? I'm not sure which. O-J-O? Yes. Okay. Apparently, the police thought that she was mentally ill and so took kind of all this shit she said with a grain of salt. Ojo was someone that police were familiar with. He had, in fact, done time for child trafficking four whole years. Oh, wow. That's what you get for... Child trafficking in the UK. Four years, or maybe Nigeria. At any rate, it seems like it should be a bit longer. It does. There's plenty of lesser offenses that people serve more time for. Yes, definitely. Police had caught on to his trail in 2002 when a different Nigerian woman showed up in the UK from Germany saying that she was running, running from a cult who was trying to sacrifice her son. She also made claims to know that Adam had been killed by his parents in London. The cops searched her place and found shorts of the same kind Adam was wearing, which are only available in the you know Woolworths or whatever right, in Germany in and Austria. Mm-hmm. She ended up getting deported back to Nigeria in December of that year. And while surveilling her place, that's when they caught scent of Ojo. And they searched his place and they found a bunch of ritual objects but none of them had Adam's specific DNA on them. And so he was actually charged in July of 2004. You know, he probably was out in 2008, 2009. And that's, that's it. Nothing came of any of it. And to this day, no one who's willing to say anything knows who this little boy was and what the fuck actually happened to him. They don't actually think that his name is Patrick or Harbour. That's, that's never officially been entered into it. Officially, he's still just Adam. Wow. And this Ojo guy is probably likely the guy who could at be. least arranged for him to be trafficked to the could UK. Be, yeah. Although, I mean, it's sort of weird because if his parents were the ones to kill him, did they just traffic him so that there would be no record of them traveling with him and then him suddenly disappearing? But it seems like in a place, you know, in... in Many areas that are poorer countries, it would be quite easy to just lose track of a child, you know, kind of just get away with something like that. Yeah. Although if you came over to the UK, it seems like there would be immigration records. 
Yeah, yeah. So maybe so, that's why they had him trafficked over was because they. And why were they in London doing sacrifice stuff? I mean, maybe they just wanted to get the fuck out of Nigeria. Yeah. I can't imagine someone going from that kind of climate to the kind of climate that's in England. My God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going from like hot to very not hot. Yes. But yeah, well, no that's... one knows. No one knows. They they can't they don't know who the parents are because they don't know who the kid is. Yeah, I mean they it got... could be the parents had nothing to do with it. They're back in Nigeria, their kid just disappeared one day and they don't have any, you know, resources to find him. Could be, because I mean it's really just that I mean they, they looked around Benin City. You know, showing, you know, trying to figure out who it was, but it's not like you could really show him a picture. Mm-hmm. And just here's his torso. Yeah, do you recognize his torso? Yeah, right? that's... But it's just the orange shorts. Yeah, that would make it pretty difficult. And then if the orange shorts were purchased, they were obviously purchased in a different country. Germany yeah, or so... Austria. And they were in, I mean, this this lady was was in Germany. Both the women, the women that... Like both the one that claimed that she knew who this kid was, and the woman who in two thousand two, who had the orange shorts of their apartment. I mean, they both had. They were both in Germany. Yeah. So if the first, if the second one was telling the truth, then I mean, they could have purchased the shorts for the kid in Germany. But then also they said the orange was supposed to be something that, you know, was for resurrection and sort of a like I'm sorry we're doing this. And it also seems weird. Because there's your head's got an organ in it, but there's not a lot of organs in like your arms and your and your legs. So unless you need meat from those areas or something, then it would seem like the torso itself would be the one that has all the you know reagents for whatever fucking crazy ass medicine you're making. Yeah. Yeah, that's just that's super fucked up. Yeah, I don't it's know. Very it feels. Up. I, I feel almost a hostile uh, vibe here. I mean, maybe Except somebody just did it to do it. Like, maybe, paid somebody was, to do it. He was trafficked just so somebody could kill him in this way. I don't know. True, but I, it was done with precision. It wasn't... They didn't, like, take a hatchet or something. It was mm-hmm. done, like, with surgical or, or butcher precision. With the precision of someone who knows how to cut up a corpse. Yeah. A body. So... Well, maybe it it was somebody like, who cut up other things and really wanted to try it out on a body. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. I mean, it would be odd, too, that it would be his parents just because of the whole immigrant. I mean, it seems like if his par- if, it, if it was his own parents that wanted to do it, they couldn't they just do that just as easily in Nigeria? Why would they have to come all yeah, the way to the UK would, yeah. to do that? I mean, I feel like there's just probably some parents out there who lost a kid and just, you know... Can't do anything just, about it. Just can't do anything about it. He's probably just a needle in a haystack out there. Needle in a stack of needles. I mean, yeah, there's just, um, you know, people don't have access to, like, a lot of things that westernized countries have access to, like, internet and infrastructure. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, I don't I know. Mean, that, like... Yeah. There's just no resources available to them to yeah. There's locate quite a few resources at least. Yeah, and yeah. It's it uh, probably why it, it it makes an easy victim pool. And yeah, so, definitely. I, I don't know. I see it as somebody tra- to- stole that kid and trafficked him over here for the purposes of doing whatever the fuck. But 
whoever the fuck did it and why, that's... Will probably never be known. Yeah. They just have, like, nothing. So. Yeah. So those are a couple of cheery stories. Yeah. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed them quite a bit. We know, well, I mean, maybe not enjoyed the stories, but enjoyed the show. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. Basically, if we're on a social media platform, you'll find us at Stranger Than or Stranger Than Podcast. You can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Stranger Than Podcast. Here you can donate to us a dollar a month for just fun, two dollars a month for ad free episodes. episodes, which I'm sure is uh, lovely, and then uh, five dollars a month and you get a bonus true crime episode. You can check out the podcast syndicate we are a part of, Age of Radio. They are at ageofradio.org. If you need a place to listen to us at, for some reason they didn't, we're not on your podcatcher or whatever, you can find us at ageofradio.org slash stranger than uh, on the ageofradio.org site you can find all kinds of stuff to buy and a ton of different podcasts out there and i think that's about all we have for you so uh, we'll talk to you next time and stay strange